Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today, Katina, you've got an article for us to listen to and hear about. What is it? I do. I have an article on the power of showing compassion to yourself and showing compassion to others in reducing your burnout at work. Oh, that sounds like a great article. Compassion yes. is so important. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to hear about the results and hear what we should be recommending to everyone about them. Yes, it's right up our alley for sure. And we've talked about burnout a bunch. And this angle on burnout is kind of interesting. And I thought that in a world that feels sometimes sort of devoid of compassion in some ways, it might be good to talk about being compassionate to yourself and to others. I love it. Yeah, I definitely feel like, well, especially 2020, there's been some compassion and there's been a lot of lack of compassion. Yes. And I feel like that's still continuing right now. So yes, I think it might be nice to hear a good reminder as to why being warm and fuzzy is a good thing. Yes. I feel like January 2021 is like still a continuation of 2020. And my hope is that by February for our birthday month, Yay. we'll be feeling better about our lives and things will be moving forward and we'll like have a timeline for the vaccine and like unrest will like be dying down more and we'll just be like I don't know celebrating our birthday I mean obviously I'll still be indoors and socially distanced but I'll just have more maybe peace of mind the goal is to have a little more peace of mind by my birthday I like that. And your birthday's at the beginning of February, so yes, that would be great. So then you'll have even more peace of mind by the time it gets to your birthday later in February. Yeah. I still love that we're both February babies. I think that's I so know. funny. <laughs> amethyst power. I, um, I actually just cleaned my amethyst water bottle today that has my big amethyst crystal in it. And amethyst really is one of my favorite birthstones in actuality. Mm -hmm. I like it too. I think it's really pretty. Purple's um, my favorite color, so... <laughs> it's so perfect that it is it is it is a really nice stone uh but when you talk about your crystal water bottle i just always think about brendan saying that it's just like a bacteria <laughs> yes water bottle <laughs> i know he always calls it bacteria tea and he's like all that that crystal in your water bottle does for people who are listening at home i have one of those water bottles that has a crystal in the middle of it and it's not because i think the crystals like giving me special powers or something i just like crystals i've always liked like rocks and geodes and things like that and i just like it it's pretty it looks nice in my water bottle and um so there's like an amethyst like a big like amethyst in the middle of my water bottle and um Brendan always says that the only thing that it does is make more places for bacteria to attach to. And he like <laughs> ruins my beautiful water bottle, but it doesn't matter because I've had it for years now and it has only ever served me positively. So I do not <laughs> believe that he is correct in this bacteria assessment, but um, he probably is, but I'm just like pretending like it's not true. But, um, <laughs> but yes, I just cleaned it and I was like, ha, ah, cause it was like out of commission for a few days. And I just feel like the water, the taste out of it tastes the water that tastes out of it, the <laughs> water that comes out of it tastes better to me, even though I know it's in my head. That's hilarious. I love yes. like every single time I see those water bottles, I always think of you loving it and Brendan hating it. And it just makes me laugh <laughs> every time. I'm just like, those, that bottle, it's super controversial. <laughs> it is. But there are certain things like that. Like, I feel like everyone has things like that in their like routine that 
like you like it and you think it's better than other things but like you don't actually know that it is but it just like feels to you that it is because there's like something that about it that like is special to you yeah no I agree I think that everyone has that I mean I don't feel like me lighting a candle in my office every morning when I first get in that somehow makes my mood or energy better but it does because I like it and that's it yeah so there me you go. too oils like the essential oil diffuser like I like to set up my little space with my oils and I know that like it's not probably doing anything but I like it and then like other things like I like things made of silk like silk scrunchies or silk pillowcases and like is a silk pillowcase really better for my hair I don't know but I like it better and I it makes me feel like it's better so I will use it I love the silk scrunchies too (laughs) I know they're they're the best and I I know I, I think that it's beyond like whether or not, I mean, first of all, my hair is wavy, so it doesn't really matter if I get like dense That's in true. it. It kind of just goes along with the world. Yeah. But, it lives. but I just like the way that they feel and I feel like they Me do too. a pretty good job of holding my hair, which sometimes yes. is a challenge because I have a lot of it. So yes, I think it's actually an effective scrunchie, not just nice. And I silky. agree. I agree. But there, are, that's another thing where I'm like, Gotta have my silk pillowcase, gotta have my silk scrunchie, my oil, my crystal water bottle, like all this (laughs) stuff that I know is like doing nothing, but they're like little things for me that like, you know what? It's self-compassion. Like we're talking about today. I'm showing, I'm allowing myself to take time to do things that I like, even if I know that scientifically they're a little bit stupid. Which is fine, which is fine. I think, I mean- when we think about everything that we want to do with worker being right, it's like we want to make sure that people are doing things that are effective and supporting their wellness, both in their personal lives and work. But if there's something that is a little fluffier that you like and it makes you feel good, but as long as you're not hurting anybody or hurting yourself yes, in some weird way, true. like, yeah, like, please don't do anything dangerous. But like, if you want to have like, don't drink an essential oil just out of the right. thing. But <laughs> if you want to diffuse it and have a nice scent and it makes you feel happy. Cool. Do it. Yes. And don't go to work and be like, I'm purchasing these crystal water bottles for everyone because they're going to make us more productive. That's also not a good investment, <laughs> probably. But yeah, I mean, you're right. By the time it's our birthday, amethysts for both of us, we could just cover our environment with amethysts and sit and be happy in February. That's what we'll be doing when the time comes. Now I feel like we should have had purple as one of our colors for the business. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> because Well, purple's not really, I guess like lavender, but we were going for more like calming type colors. I feel like purple's kind of like a bah color. It's like a jazzy color. Yeah. I think if we had gone like a pale purple, but then there's like, do people take purple businesses seriously? Is yeah, I agree thing? with you. I know. Cause like purple, it does have, you know, it does have a more fun loving connotation. It's less corporate. Purple's a less corporate color. Mm-hmm. It's true. Maybe we I guess there are some companies like... that have purple in their logo, but I can't think of any right now. I'm sure there are. Wayfair? Wayfair has purple. Oh, yeah. But they're more but like a design a... furniture. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like more fun. It's like a product. I'm trying to think of something that's more We're so boring. We're not fun. We have to have <laughs> boring colors like blue. No, I like blue too, but 
Yeah, I can't think of any like super corporate business that has purple though. That's true. It's a good thought. If anyone think if anyone can think of any out there and prove us wrong about the power of purple and what (laughs) it conjures to people. But I do I purple has always been my favorite color. Some version of purple. When I was little it was magenta. That was very, like a pinkish purple, and it's gotten more purple over time. Of what the hue has become more purple, that is my favorite over time. Now I like like a dark purple is my favorite. Mm. I like purple too. I've always liked purple, but I also like orange. So I yeah, like you're I, an orange person. Yeah, there's something about orange is just so happy. And, and orange compliments you. Like you're like orange makes me look like a pumpkin. Like I can't even wear it. it <laughs> makes my skin look like I'm like yellow. I look like I'm like a gremlin or something. I don't know if that's entirely true, but uh, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable in orange, then you shouldn't wear orange. Orange is not my top color. Our probably listening at some point is Anne Scuduto, whose favorite color by far of anyone I know is orange. Like she is like the orange fanatic. Yeah. I always think of her when I think of orange. I mean, her engagement ring is orange. Yes, it is. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone has a little color. A little that they love, a little gemstone that they love, a little something, a special something that makes them feel special, even though it probably doesn't actually do anything. There's probably research on colors like and emotions or something. So maybe colors do something. But um, but yes, in any event. For our birthdays, we hope to be in a better place, surrounded by all the colors and stones and things (laughs) that we like showing ourselves a little care and love and compassion so tell me tell me tell me all about this article it sounds super interesting yes i will i love this article so it's brand new it like literally just came out today or yesterday and um it is called hold on let me get the title it is called how other and self-compassion reduce burnout through resource replenishment very straightforward title unlike some of the others that we come across um <laughs> and it's by shabram and hang and it was published in the academy management journal like i said like literally like a day ago Ooh, is it this is our first 2021 article then mm, it might be actually it might be da, da. it's very possible very well, possible. Perfect. Well, that seems fitting. It's going to just push us in the right direction. So yes, tell me, exactly. what did they, what is it about? What did they find? All the good things. Yes. So basically this article is about trying to find unique and underexplored ways to decrease burnout at work. So we've talked about burnout before, and we know that burnout is a big problem in workplaces. And we actually had a whole episode where we talked about the World Health Organization adding burnout to its classification of diseases that make people's health worse. So I guess globally, the awareness of burnout as a significant problem has grown um, and the consequences of burnout are becoming more well-known. But while there are some ways in the research that we know to decrease burnout, there's still an open uh, opportunity for expanding what we know about different avenues that people might take to decrease their burnout. And in this particular article, they're looking at compassion, whether showing compassion to yourself or compassion to others is able to generate energy, specific uh, feelings about yourself and connections to other people that might help you to replenish 
your resources in a given workday and defeat burnout uh, or help to uh, decrease the burnout that you experience on a daily basis. So is this all looking at like if I'm compassionate to myself and I'm compassionate to others, how it impacts me? Or is it also like if somebody's compassionate to me, how does it impact me? Does it's, that make sense? <laughs> if I am compassionate, yes. If I'm compassionate to myself and compassionate to others, how does it impact my own burnout? Got it. Okay. So it's you being nice to others, basically. So how do they define compassion? I know that sometimes in the research, things are defined a little differently or more specifically than what we would think of just kind of in the lay term of compassion. Yes. So compassion in this article is noticing and empathizing with pain and taking some kind of a response to alleviate it. So basically you recognize that something is not going well with either yourself or someone else and you actually set aside time to cope with or deal with that pain. So it can go from anything from listening to another person who's going through a painful time uh, to actually trying to work towards providing some kind of like care or resolution to what they're experiencing or listening to your own body about things that you're going through and trying to provide yourself with some self-care that can sort of uh, get at um, those uh, those sort of uh, woes or the pain that you're experiencing. So for other compassion, you might listen to someone, you might offer them advice or guidance, you might uh, make suggestions to them or even accompany them to uh, engage in activities that would help them to alleviate whatever pain they're feeling or suffering they're feeling. For yourself, you might say, okay, I'm going to recognize that I'm feeling upset today, so I'm going to take a yoga class or I'm going to take some time to journal about what I'm going through or I am going to take some time to uh, meditate. So those are the kinds of things that they're um, putting up front as sort of their definition of compassion and uh, and compassion towards yourself and compassion towards others. I will say that when they measure compassion, uh, the items are a little bit more specific. So in this specific study, the questions that people are answering when they're determining whether someone has enacted self or other compassion for self, it's things like um, trying to be understanding and patient towards yourself, uh, being kind to yourself if you're experiencing suffering, giving yourself caring and tenderness that you need, being tolerant of your flaws and inadequacies, and being loving towards yourself when experiencing emotional pain. And for others, it's acting caring towards people you know are going through a difficult time, being there for employees in times of difficulty, or trying to comfort people that are feeling sad. Okay. Yeah, that is way more specific than yeah. the definition. Yep. But it does still seem actually super relevant right now because a lot of people are struggling with lockdowns and changes in their business, but then also obviously health consequences to COVID and their family yep. members. So I think there's a lot of pain right now in the world. So being compassionate to yourself and others feels particularly relevant. And to that point... If it does, which I hope the results find that it does help reduce burnout, I feel like people are more burnt out now than ever before, too. So I feel like this is like the perfect article for the time we're living in. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I think it's super timely in the sense that, you know, people are often looking for people are often feeling very exhausted. I think during this time period, I'm hearing a lot from students. I know we're hearing from clients. You're probably hearing from friends and family that people are just feeling burnout right now. And even if they're not feeling like 
they have more on their plate or they're physically doing more than they were before COVID, let's say, um, that like there's just something about this time period and about the last year, uh, whether it's related to COVID, civil unrest, like all these sorts of things that there's something related to this time period that is making people feel exhausted, but it can be difficult to know what it's stemming from. And so I think that this article is making a good case that if you haven't been paying attention to and acknowledging that pain and suffering that you've been experiencing and doing something to address it or acknowledging it in other people, that could be one reason why, given the year we've had, you're feeling exhausted and this is one way to potentially remedy that. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think being able to acknowledge it and take care of that pain or struggling or emotion in the moment, both for yourself and for others, I think goes a long way versus just kind of ignoring it and moving on and not trying to address it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, So the one thing I wanted to throw out there is that they're looking at burnout and we've talked about this before, but burnout consists of three different components. So they actually have a rationale for why self-compassion and compassion towards other people would decrease your burnout and they have a different rationale for actually each component of burnout that ends up working out. So basically they believe that self and other compassion are linked to these three components through specific mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So we'll get more into it, but basically if you feel that you're experiencing one type of burnout more than another, you may want to engage specifically in self-compassion or specifically in other compassion or in both in order to address the type of burnout that you're experiencing, if that makes sense. So there's more, it's not just that self-compassion leads to decrease in burnout or other compassion leads to decrease in burnout. Self-compassion leads to decreases in specific types of burnout for specific reasons and other compassion the same. Okay. So let's dive into that. I'm really curious to hear about that. Who, I guess before we get into that, I just would love to know like what the sample is, like where do yeah, they Yeah. Yes. So there's two studies Uh, one study was in a workplace and they basically, uh, spaced three surveys out across actually the course of a few years, um, and looked at how burnout predicted burnout and whether or not. So basically if you were burnout before you burn out again, um, and how that, uh, in the future and how that relates to how increases or decreases in your burnout relate to the extent to which you're showing yourself or others compassion Um, and then they did a a student sample of experience sampling methodology where, uh, they basically measured people's, um, burnout, uh, the rationale, which I'll tell you about, um, why they think burnout is related to compassion and their levels of compassion. So they basically, um, had a sample of students and they looked at how, um, these measures related on a daily basis as opposed to um, looking at how they predicted further in the future. So looking at like the amount of compassion that you show to yourself or others in a day, if that actually predicts your burnout the following day. Oh, this is so interesting. Like two very different studies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically they uh, have these two studies that sort of support similar outcomes. And so the, the, main purpose across both studies um, is to take a look at how compassion relates to these three components of burnout. So the three components are exhaustion, 
cynicism and inefficacy. So exhaustion is exactly what it sounds like. Feeling emotionally drained, feeling used up, feeling tired, feeling like working is a strain. Um, So basically feeling like you just don't want to get up in the morning and have to face another day Mm -hmm. um, is the feeling of exhaustion. Cynicism is the feeling of being less engaged with your work. So it's not exactly what you would think about cynicism, meaning in your general life. This is basically like, I'm just not enthusiastic about what I'm doing. I don't really want to engage with other people. I just want to do my job and be left alone. I don't think my work is really very important. I don't think I'm contributing to anything. So it's basically this idea of like cynicism that what I'm doing actually matters. Okay. And then the last component is inefficacy, which is exactly what it sounds like. I'm not able to solve the problems that are arising in my work. I don't feel like I'm effective at making a contribution. I don't feel confident that I'm going to get things done. I don't feel like I'm good at my job. I don't feel like I've accomplished much on the job. So this idea of like basically I've not been efficacious. Hmm. So those are the three components that that they have of burnout. And then they relate each of those to um, self and other compassion I am so curious to see which of those relate to each other so I'm going to take a guess just for one that like really stood out to me and I'm curious if I'm right yes is other compassion related to cynicism it is yay <laughs> you did it yes I did it yes so we can start there then so other compassion is uh purported to and they found so I'll just say what they hypothesize and then what they found support for they found support for all of these things So um, other compassion is related to cynicism because it increases your feelings of belonging. So what they found uh, in in the first study, they just looked at whether or not changes in your burnout were related to the extent to which you showed compassion to yourself and others. And they found that it was. So you had lower burnout um, on the specific components related to other compassion Uh, In the future, if you practice more other compassion and the same for the ones related to self-compassion. And in the second study, they looked at why. So what is it that's actually explaining why self and other compassion relate to burnout or lowered levels of burnout? And so for other compassion, they found that it relates to lower levels of cynicism because it increases your feeling of connectedness to other people. So when I do something nice for somebody else or I'm paying attention to other people's emotions, it makes me feel like I'm a part of something. I feel like I'm connected to my workplace. And so when I'm thinking about whether or not I'm interested in my work or enthusiastic or if I'm making a difference or if I'm contributing to anything, I'm remembering like, oh, I helped this person. I made a positive difference for them. I showed compassion to them. So I do matter here. There is something about my work that is making an impact. And so my cynicism goes down. I think that makes a lot of sense because it's like when you feel connected to other people within your work environment, you feel more connected to the work too. It's like, well, we're all doing this together, right? Like I'm connected to, you know, you, Tina, as we're doing work. Yeah. And you know, if I'm helping you, clearly then I must care for you in some way and must care about our bigger mission too. Like there's like, it almost like you convince yourself that you care about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so when I help other people or show compassion towards other people, then I feel a part of a bigger something. And that leads me to feel more engaged with my work and like, okay, what I'm doing matters. Um, from a self-compassion perspective, 
that one was related to lower exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because when I take time to show care to myself, it increases my perception that I'm in control of my day and able to sort of make a difference in terms of um, what I am uh, able to do to change my situation. So if I'm feeling burnout and then I show myself compassion, my burnout goes down because I am increasing my feeling like I can do something to change this situation. That is so interesting. I wouldn't have expected control to be the reason, but it makes yeah. sense. Um, I mean, and now you're thinking, okay, well, I can obviously take this half hour to do a yoga class or a meditation when I'm feeling really stressed out or anxious. So if I'm doing that now, then I should be able to do that in the future. And I can kind of, it's almost like you get yourself thinking that if you need more rest, if you need more whatever, you can do it. And therefore you right. probably do do it. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, and that's sort of what they're arguing here is that um, this enhanced perception of being able to care for yourself gives you this enhanced perception of control, which then makes you feel less burnout, exhausted, tired, uh, because you're replenishing that resource of like, we know from the literature and we've talked about so many times on the podcast too, that autonomy is energizing and is resource enriching. Like if I feel like I have control over my schedule, over my day, that gives me back energy. Um, it's the same kind of idea that it's energizing for me to realize that part of my situation is up to me. Right. Right. That makes sense. Well, so yeah. interesting. So then does that mean that self and other compassion both relate to our final burnout component? Yes, it does mean that Yay. you're on the money. <laughs> so both of them predict feelings of efficacy or decreased feelings of inefficacy through self-esteem. So when I show myself compassion, it makes me recognize that I'm worthwhile. I'm worth the time. You know, like you're worth it. Those like commercials. I don't even know what <laughs> brand that is, but whatever. Like those, <laughs> that idea, right, of uh, being worth the time or worth the investment in compassion leads you to actually experience higher self-esteem about yourself. And that leads you to feel more efficacious. Um, and similarly, when you show compassion to other people, you realize positive things that you have to give to others and that also makes you feel better as a person which leads you to feel like you have higher efficacy at work so yes the both of them both lead to um, higher perceptions of efficacy through increased feelings of self-esteem it makes a lot of sense right it's like if I'm taking the time for myself then clearly I matter I'm good enough whatever and then you start, it's kind of cool though, when you think about it, sorry, I like interrupted myself, but no, <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool because what this is showing us is that we can, I mean, I know there's a lot of research on self-esteem, but I think this is like just a nice little highlight here. Like you can impact your self-esteem. Take yeah. some, like we're showing in, like the study is showing, take some time, some compassion for yourself when you're feeling down and then you're going to feel better about yourself and then about your burnout, obviously too, you're going to feel more effective. So I think that's huge. And then it makes, it totally makes sense from the other perspective. Like if you're showing compassion to somebody else and you recognize that you're doing that, I feel like everyone likes to think they're a good person. And if they're proving to themselves that they're a good person, then yep. that definitely would help you think that I am good at what I do or I'm good at things because clearly I'm, I'm a good person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's hundred percent right. And the interesting thing that they looked at was that, 
basically, if I enact compassion towards myself or others during the day, at the end of the day, I'm more likely to say I feel more like I belong. I feel higher self-esteem. Um, I feel uh, more in control. Yes. And then the next morning when I go into work, I'm feeling less burnout. So it has this like spillover effect to the next day. This is so cool. I mean, I think there's a lot of really good takeaways. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But one thing I was just thinking about is, one, this is so easy for you to enact, right? Like, just show yourself some compassion. I'm sure there's something that pretty much happens any every day where you're like, ugh, I wish I was better at this or I feel X. Like, it happens constantly. So show yourself compassion. That is, I mean, maybe it's not an easy to do. I don't know if everybody's very skilled at that, but it's something you definitely practice right away. And the same with your coworkers and team members, like show compassion to them. Like, again, everyone's struggling with COVID right now. There's so much going on. Like, try to be there for people. And not only are you going to help your burnout, but I can pretty much guarantee that if you're showing a lot of compassion to your team members, they're probably going to start doing that back to you too. And you're going to create a better culture and environment. I feel like there's just so many like positives and just making relatively simple, good changes. Yeah, a hundred percent. I completely agree. And, um, I feel like some really good practical takeaways that they offer in the article that they talk about is, uh, that compassion is really something that can create a vibrant and energetic community. And they basically highlight that compassion can be one way that people can really address this like burnout epidemic. Um, Participants in both of the studies really benefited from both forms of compassion. And I think a lot of times when people think about these, like, I don't know, burnout interventions, potentially, um, they might think, you know, okay, we could put a yoga class in place, but what is it really doing? And I think a lot of times people are not cognizant of like why they're doing it. They're just doing it because it seems like a fad. And it is, in fact, a fad. Like a lot of places are putting these things in place because they are just trendy and they don't know what they're doing. But this is suggesting that if people do take the time during the day to take a little bit of space to do something kind for themselves, that they feel that that's what they need, that scientifically now we're starting to have some evidence that that might actually help. Um, So there's getting to be a better case scientifically for workplaces to offer these outlets for people to show themselves compassion, self-compassion, but also to, um, you know, encourage people to show compassion to others and creating a culture of compassion at work, um, which sounds kind of fluffy and maybe would have been thought of before as being fluffy or not linked to something that, you know, has this really important downstream consequence. And um, basically, at the end of the day, the, the article is telling us that compassion showing compassion to yourself and showing compassion to others actually can help solve this really big problem that organizations are grappling with so those yoga classes at lunch may not be as useless as we thought (laughs) I feel like we just made a really funny circle of fluffy crystals yes to not so fluffy so I mean the crystals are that's true yes that's true we don't know about the crystals but but some other kinds of more squishy conversations like I feel like there's a lot of organizations that have like a value of empathy and like I mean those things are obviously nice and great and wonderful to have those as values but I feel like a lot of people look at those and are just like what does that even mean it's like man yeah right it's just yeah. a value whatever like we're nice to each other cool but now not only is that value nice to have and nice to have a culture where people are like compassionate with each other but that can also actually make 
a big impact on people's wellness overall. So I think that's huge. So yeah, we just turn fluff into stuff. Yes, exactly. Fluff into stuff. And I think uh, an interesting thing about it is that the way that they've defined it from a measurement perspective is like I was kind to myself when I was experiencing suffering. I was going through a hard time and I gave myself the caring and tenderness that I needed. I was tolerant of my own flaws and inadequacies. Like I tried to be loving towards myself. So honestly, it is a little bit self-defined, right? Like that could mean a yoga class for you. That could mean a crystal. I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily the act of what the thing is that you're doing is not necessarily what they're saying, but the act that you are acknowledging your own feelings and then taking some action to do something to make yourself feel better in the moment. That is what they're looking at. And that could look different for everybody. So maybe more work will come from this to take a look at what is most impactful in terms of the action that people can take. But I think broadly, it could really be a lot of different things. The main general thought is that you're actually recognizing that you're going through a hard time or recognizing that someone else is going through a hard time and you're actually taking time to, to work through it and do something for yourself that's kind and caring or do something for others that's kind and caring. Ugh, I really love this article now even more than I did before I learned about it. Yes, <laughs> I know. I liked it too. I was like, this is perfect. So yeah, awesome. That's lovely, lovely. Well, this is great. I mean, thank you so much for sharing it. Is there anything else that we should know? Any other final thoughts? No, I think just, you know, go out there and um, don't be afraid to take a self-care moment. I think people say that phrase a lot, but it also seems like, you know, people say like, oh, self-care isn't selfish and whatever. And now it really does show that you're not only thinking of yourself, you're also thinking of your employer um, when you're <laughs> taking time to do these things for yourself, to take a self-care moment or a moment to care for other people. Um, turn in fluff into stuff. I like that you said that. So we'll leave people with that. <laughs> fluff into stuff. Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much. This is a great article. I cannot wait to see what other research comes out in this space in the future. Um, and we'd love to hear from all of you listeners. What did you think of the article? What are your thoughts, questions, concerns, or just tell us that you also love amethyst and crystals in your water bottles, whatever it is. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find us on our website at workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you can also find us on social on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.